The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Our guest is James Zabate, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Center Asset Management. James, uh, a debate has raged uh, through the weekend about whether or not the FedEx story, the FedEx news, was company-specific or a canary in the coal mine. Can we say it's both? Yes, absolutely. I think we are getting the indication with FedEx's announcement that we're going into the next derating stage of the stock market. We're now moving away or compounding the derating from interest rate increases and risk premiums increasing to now the EPS derating stage where companies are going to, in essence, fess up that earnings are not going to be as strong as expected. You still have consensus S&P earnings you know, positive for the fourth quarter and heading into 2023. So something's got to break here. And I think we're still... You know, early on in this bear market, let's remember, you know, we're only about six months and about 20 percentage points down from where the 50-day moving average crossed to the 200-day moving average. And holding with the 2000 to 2002 analog, you know, that time period where the 50 was below the 200 was almost two and three quarters years and the market was down 36 percent. And it's a lot of consistencies between now and back then. James, are you suggesting that uh, the uh, benchmarks are at the moment pricing in a recession then? No, not, not, not even close. I think you still have the derating stage coming where earnings need to come down. I think one of the most useful exercises that we do is look at EPS trends and margins from a standard deviation perspective. And what that does is it highlights, you know, first off, companies are much more efficient than they've been over the course of history. But the abnormality of uh, this positive standard deviation on earnings and margins over the last few years is starting to come down, particularly as productivity is starting to wane. James, how much of that has been skewed by the amount of share buybacks that have been taking place there? Well, I think you know buybacks are, are something that uh, has distorted EPS and has been a contributing factor. And unfortunately, the new tax regulations which have been put in place actually are net of issuance of securities that are going to be uh, offered in terms of options. So, you know, to the extent where the the government or the Congress could have done something genuinely to uh, curb, uh, in essence, the financial shenanigans that we see is simply just a a transfer of wealth from shareholders to corporate executives. Unfortunately, they didn't take advantage of that. 
So, so the Fed sort of missed this story last year. It, does it look like they've missed it this year? Will this be a case for the Fed of be careful what you wish for? Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the Fed has created such an amount of volatility by keeping interest rates at zero and essentially monetizing the debt that was used to you know, bolster the economy during the pandemic. Unfortunately, if you kind of look at it, the Fed's kind of like the arsonist who works as a volunteer fireman to fix the damage that they do. Of course, the biggies of Fed, we've been talking a little bit about that uh, as well, uh, certainly here, James. Uh, the, the, the thing is that about inflation, sure, it was a supply shock to begin with, moving into the demand side of things, but how far is it? And uh, longer term, how far is uh, the nature of inv- inflation changing structurally? I think that's really a key point that the Fed needs to be aware of, because obviously, as you point out rightly, the Fed can only really control the demand side of the equation. Um, I mean, they're on their way to what seems to be a 4% terminal rate, which will probably put mortgage rates uh, near 7%, which is going to do quite a bit of damage to the housing market. Uh, they've inverted the curve under you know any maturity, which is going to start having an impact on profitability in the financial services sector. Um, but when you look at the supply side, I think one of the things that we've, you know, I have concern about um, is that the recent uh, sell-off that we've had in a lot of industrial commodities, oil being most important, is that you've seen companies with very, very low capital spending plans actually now start to even pull them back further or question, um, you know, whether or not in the out years that they'll be increasing. So when you look at the you know, very simple financial ratio, the asset replacement ratio, which is nothing more than capital spending divided by depreciation, for the aggregate S&P energy sector, that's at the lowest level we've seen in more than two mm. decades. It's, so you know, it, basically, these companies aren't spending money to add capacity. Yeah, it could have implications for future growth. Uh, but if we look at the problem of inflation, we've had low interest rates for a long time, and we didn't have a big spike up in inflation. Could you argue that it was more the fiscal side, the federal government uh, transfer, government transfers, uh, that contributed more to this than the Fed's low interest rates? But, I mean, it doesn't change the story that the Fed missed it, missed it last year. Well, I think they're intertwined, right? Because the only way you can adopt modern monetary theory uh, or debt monetization by the Fed is to have exceptionally low interest rates because, in essence, at at the governmental level, Congress, that is, mm, you know, yeah. they feel that they can borrow with impunity because, in essence, the cost of increasing the debt, like Dick Cheney said, you know, who cares about the deficit? Well, you start caring about it when interest rates go from zero to four or five percent. Yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? And uh, that's when people do start caring. And as you mentioned, mortgage rates going up as much as they are likely to as well. That's going to all hurt and um, might feed through into, of course, while people vote. And we have the midterms coming up. Uh, Democrats surprisingly have turned the tables on uh, the uh, Republicans in the polls that have been looking at. But uh, ultimately, it is the the ruling party which uh, ends up, or um, should I say the ruling party in the White House, uh, which ends up paying the price electorally. Your thoughts? You know, I, I think, you know, we're, we're clearly a nation divided. Um, I think it's likely that the, the House will turn Republican, maybe not to the same margin that it expected a little bit. But, you know, unfortunately, I think all of us, you know, who expected Biden to be this Erasmus-like figure um, who would reconcile things and, and bring calm to the country, unfortunately, he's only, he's only inflamed the, uh, the kind of, uh, you know, 
the temperature that he inherited from from President Trump. So, you know, I don't see where this goes in terms of a better place. I think we, yeah. we just continue to be in a in a you know one side versus the other with with in essence uh, you know escalation almost. James, you're always discerning, but you seem more bearish now than I can remember in a while. You know, it's 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 a point in time, but because I think people are of the expectation that. Um, you know, once the Fed is done, you know, the, the assumptions that the Fed's going to go 75 in September, 50 in November, 25 in December, which gives us a terminal rate of about 4%, which is, in essence, what the one-year Treasury note is right now. Where I'm concerned about is on the earnings side. And that's really, and, and the FedEx news that we talked about before, I think is just an indication of where we are. I think the other thing that's causing me great concern is the geopolitical risk. Um, you know, people are reading some of the success and perhaps the the meetings with Putin Z in um, you know with regard to Russia and China maybe maybe Russia is giving China advance notice that it's about to escalate the conflict in Ukraine so that's something no one really has talked about James it was a pleasure thank you so much for joining us James Abate the managing director and chief investment officer at Center Asset Management this is Bloomberg the countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.